Hello, superfluous humans, and welcome to episode 202 of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, where we never pass go. Huh? You guys will get that later. But where our intelligence is far from artificial. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. You can't fake smarts like this, right? I mean, there's no duplicating us. <laughs> never. <laughs> Anyway, this week we will be discussing the future role uh, for humanity, given that computers are taking over almost everything and will eventually take over most meaningful work, I think it's fair to say. But before we get to that, I should remind all non-computers and computer listeners out there, they had better do us a solid and check us out on iTunes. We want your stars. We want your ratings. If you don't give us stars and ratings that are to our liking, we will just create a new uh, legion of AI fans who will be better at being fans than you. So <laughs> there you have it. That's our strategy. Nice. And with that out of the way, I think before we are supplanted by our uh, AI replacements on the show, we can look for some meaning in our own lives with our weekly, geekly, geekly, weekly update. And Brian, if it's really you and not a machine that has substituted for you, what have you been up to? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> been getting ready for, I think I mentioned it uh, recently, ArshedCon, mm -hmm. which I don't know. It's it's not a very anime, comic booky, video gamey name, but uh, I, I guess she's a local philanthropist. It's the... That's what, eight, that's what eight, I was going to ask, because is that... There's the Adrian Arsht Center down here. Yeah. Yeah, Adrian Arsht. Yeah, it's it that's where it is actually taking place. Oh, that place and, is awesome. And um yeah. it, it's supporting. This is this is really neat, but well, it, it's really neat potential. They are apparently doing plays. I mean, it, it's a it's like a performing arts theater. They're doing plays based off of um, a comic book, I believe, that's called The Hammer Trinity. Mm. And Shortly, they'll be doing a Legend of Zelda play. Ooh, that sounds cool. They haven't really released too much info on the Legend of Zelda play, but the Hammer Trinity, if they're going to be doing anything like that, the Hammer Trinity is, I think, nine hours of theater. It's it's all three stories back to back to back. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure I'd want to sit in a in a playhouse for, for that long, but it is, it is an option. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued. That's pretty cool. And I would say, I don't know, that kind of signals the mainstreaming or the real adoption of things normally associated with, with nerd culture. That that's really cool. Could just be someone's pet project because they're, I don't know, into it and local. Um, I, I was a little soured. Um, by by meeting oh my god what's his name metrocon like oh 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 uh amano amano yeah I, I yeah all i can think of was amaro I, I was a little soured by meeting amano because i that was my like first real con mm. and i just thought they'd all be like that and i i didn't really know that we'd be getting like danish Schneider again and again and again and again <laughs> oh, after wow. that. no offense uh, dana but i mean like i got to drive to see you i know where you live you know like you're you're not like a mono level. 
Yeah, we, we were really spoiled by that MetroCon. That was that was years ago in, in nearby Tampa, Florida, where we got to meet Amano, the uh, artist from Final Fantasy. That was that was like, like actually like speak to him and shake his hand yeah, and got stuff signed, he sketched stuff for us, and that was unreal. Uh, that whole convention was like basically Final Fantasy themed because of him, and it was put on in his honor. It, it was just like mind blowingly cool. It's all been downhill. Twenty from there. foot cosplay walking around. <laughs> yes, God, that was great. Cam, you had to be there. You had to be there. Sounds amazing. Sorry, I missed it. There, there really was. There was a uh, some dude. I, I guess he was a bodybuilder. I have no idea what he looked like under it, but he was wearing like a woman on his back. He was dressed as Magitek <laughs> armor, and his girlfriend like climbed up on his shoulders and was dressed as uh, Tara. I don't even know what her other name is. Tina. Yeah. Tina. Anglicized, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like this iconic. Um, image from the game it's the main character well there's there's a lot of characters that but basically the main character riding this mech armor and he was the mech armor carrying her around it was really badass pretty awesome yeah so cool brian you're uh you're you're basically a sophisticated person at this point if you're if you're so involved in the arts well i mean i'm not like on stage or anything like that i'm, I'm just kind of promoting it but um you know, I'll take the compliment. I'm I'm excited to be promoting it. We'll be there. Con is this Saturday, the twelfth. Um, Hammer Trilogy runs all through April and into May. I think Legend of Zelda starts after that. Cool. I'm not really sure when Zelda starts. I regret that I am going out of town this weekend. I would I would attend that. That sounds really badass. Sh- should be fun. I mean, it's it's. I don't I don't know. It's not really like. A, a convention in the conventional sense, but oh yeah, you know it's a it's a gathering of nerds. So what can go wrong? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Witness this show; nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Anything else? Uh, one more quick thing. I've been I've been talking about GI Joe and nostalgia and my childhood and everything for uh, for a long time now. I finally won a, a suitable GI Joe auction on ebay um remember the flak cannon the capital l capital a like not a flak cannon not like the aircraft yeah the, the one where the guy would was it the one where the guy would sit in it basically yeah. and it got it did did a trailer hitch stuff that one not that one that oh, was the one. how okay I think. that was a laser cannon this is like artillery okay okay had like two shells hooked under it uh one of the early one of the earliest pieces and uh, just just something I had like before I was I don't know even into GI Joe like uh, I got I got that I think it was like five bucks or something like that and just started adding things to it um, maybe even my my very first piece but uh, I picked that up not like mint in box because mint in box it's like six hundred dollars sure yeah. but uh, I picked it up for like fifteen bucks with no stickers and you know it's 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 all in one piece so that's fine. You kind of reconstituting your the collection that was lost to the elements in outdoor storage, like piece by piece, or I think some of my iconic, like I almost have like a diorama in in mind. Like I, I the the hiss tank hmm. was the first toy I ever bought with my own money, so I'll be doing the hiss tank, um, the Wolverine. I just love that tank. That was like way cooler than the Mobat. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably be using that and uh, this this cannon. Uh, actually, the how. Now that you mention it, I did love that one too, but I haven't won it yet. If you get that one, don't forget Grunt, who has to come with it. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> awesome, man. I wish you luck in your quests, and I hope that you get your diorama uh, representation of your collection in order sooner rather than later and at a reasonable price. Wish me luck. Cover Girl's going to be hard to replace. Ah, she's hard to replace in my heart, right? <laughs> Is that it, man? Yeah. All right, Cam, over to you. Thank you, sir. Um, boring weekend, actually. Boring week. Um, I'm just in prep to head out on my European vacation to Greece uh, in a week or two. So I've just been uh, sort of keeping it low key, getting things done around here that I need to get done. Um, you know, I went to, uh, oh, at the Adventure Game Store, we did have a um, demo event. I demoed a game called Gobblestones, which is actually mm. pretty fun. Uh, it's almost like a little Scrabble type game where you're laying little tiles, like Scrabble looking tiles, but instead of spelling out words or using colors to eat up stones, gobble stones that are on the board uh, represented by numbers. And so, you know, you want to maximize your tile laying by uh, and get as many stones as possible. Cause that's the end game scenarios is trying to get it, you know, having the, having the highest score at the end. Um, so that was cool. That actually went really well. Um, coincided with the Hal Mangold uh, video uh that we took that's up on the uh, website and on YouTube now uh, where um, Brian used his awesome AV skills and uh, videoed the um, uh, Hal Mangold RPG seminar, um, which uh, was pretty cool. And um, other than that, I really just sort of took it easy, played some games at Landlubbers at the Adventure Game Store sponsored event there, you know, did our regular Adventure Game Store sponsored events Tuesdays and Thursday night, played a lot of fun board games. Uh, been playing a lot of board games with my with my companion, and I gotta say, I'm getting a little hacked off because she keeps beating me. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, the teacher uh, or the student is, is surpassing the teacher. Unfortunately, um, she whipped me a couple times in Splendor, one on one Splendor. Um, we got this new game. Uh, I got it at the New York City Toy Fair um, called Brave Rats by Senji Kanai, who also made um, Love Letter which is a game I know we all like to play. Mm. Um, and it's cool because it's like love letter, but it's geared for two people. So because we're, we're, I've been constantly on the hunt now for two player games or games that are good for two players because she loves to play and I love to play and we're just sitting around. We just, you know, pull a game out. Um, so that game, I can't, I can't uh, suggest highly enough. I mean, it's a really fun little game. It's like five bucks and it's, it's literally 14 cards and you're just, it's like a little duel between you and the other person. Great game. Um, still waiting on my Amazon third-party seller to send me my Jaipur oh game. Um, it's like gonna, every week it's going to be like, this just in. My Jaipur is still not here. <laughs> so still waiting on that. And um, trying to think. I saw a movie. Uh, uh, saw a video. Oh, Creed. It's not, oh. Very, not very nerdy, but uh, I saw Creed this weekend. Uh, my mother came over for dinner and uh, – my companion and I made some dinner for her and we're sitting around and we're looking at movies and my mom is, it's funny. My mom is actually usually into the sci-fi stuff. She likes to watch the nerdy geeky movies and event, you know, superhero movies and stuff like that. But, um, we had, we came across Creed and I, we had, my, my companion had made me watch the, uh, the, uh, Oscars the other day. And, um, I didn't even realize what Sylvester Stallone had been nominated for a, uh, best supporting actor nomination in that movie. So we're like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Let's watch it. And I got to say, it's pretty good. I, I can't, uh, cool. I, I was always a big fan of the Rocky movies. Um, 
and uh, this one did not disappoint. It was, you know, it was cheesy, but 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 good cheesy, and it was like, you know, it followed very much the. It was almost like a. It wasn't shot for shot, but it was very similar to the original Rocky, where you know, sort of a no name guy comes up and gets a shot at the champ, and you know, in an unlikely turn of events. So it was, it was, it was pretty good. Was it a passing the torch film? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely a passing the torch film because I mean, Rocky is, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but you know, Rocky's, you know, old and you know, after all years of punishment, you know, he can't do much anymore. So now he's sort of taken on the Burgess Meredith uh, Mickey role of uh, of training uh, young Creed, who's was played by I believe Michael B. Johnson or Michael B. Jordan, um, who was pretty good, did pretty good. One of the funny parts, actually, of the movie is uh, well, I don't want to spoil it. Forget it. But it was sort of tech related, but uh, pr- pretty pretty good movie. If you if it's on, you know, HBO, uh, I wouldn't say pay more than a couple bucks for it, but uh, definitely check it out. I'll have to check it out. Remember in like Rocky Two when he was told he'll never box again because he has some condition, like his brain is exploding or something, and then like by Rocky Three, that was just like eh, wrong diagnosis. Like they never <laughs> talked about it again. I think that was Rocky. Five. Well, it was actually Rocky Six when it was. I believe it was after he came back from Russia. Or Rocky Four. Which one was the one where he came back from when he went to Russia? Is that for, Rocky now, Four? I think it was Four. He went to Russia. Five. He came back and fought Tommy Gunn. Yeah, I believe it was the beginning of Rocky Five. Starts out with him in the shower, and he can't stop shaking his hands or right, something like right, that. Right, right, right. And that's when they take him to the doctor, and he's they're like, "Oh, if you take one more punch, you you could die," you know. And then he proceeds to say no to Tommy Gunn. He doesn't want to fight Tommy Gunn. That's right. Uh, and, and make him, you know, all, and he's broke because he, he was in Russia and his lawyer, took all his yeah. money. Yeah. And then, which was this biggest plot hole of them all was that he could have made millions of dollars to fight Tommy Gunn in a fight in the ring. And then he says no and keeps saying no. And then they end up fighting anyway, uh, like on the street in front of that. like For no money. For no yeah, money. Yeah, for, for zero money. Exactly. They could have at least like been consistent, been like, well, the lawyer wrote some clause in where every, like all my prize money goes to him. I don't know how he did it. You know, lawyers and their magic. <laughs> Cam, if, so, I, if, I, if I hand my, uh, if I basically give you my proxy to do everything for me and I'm leaving the country, I mean, and then you just totally F me over. I have no recourse. Like Rocky was out. Like the guy could just take all his money and run for the hills. No, no, no. You absolutely have recourse in terms of like if you can catch the guy. And if you, you know, I mean, obviously that guy would lose his license, I'm sure. And and you, you'd have cause to sue him. But if if the money's all gone, I think the premise was like the guy used Rocky's money for some like real estate investments and they uh, failed or something it. like that. Okay. So, okay. so if the money's gone, yeah, if the money's gone, then, you know, unless that guy has some kind of Swiss bank, you know, assets or anything you can go after, then yeah, you're kind of screwed because you can't get blood out of a stone, you know? Yeah. But certainly that guy would be subject to, you know, lawsuits and, and criminal charges. A and, savage Rocky. Well, yeah, exactly. He's Rocky. <laughs> yeah. You just go whip, whip sick that robot on him at least (laughs) they could have at least sold that thing at auction i I feel like in that movie they could have spent a little bit less time about rocky's troubled son you know going over to the criminal element by wearing a skeleton earring (laughs) and maybe gone after the the lawyer angle more or something yeah that kid was so annoying so it really was was the most annoying part of the movie was that uh stallone's kid too or was that just no i think i think that was stallone's real kid actually yeah yeah. The the end of that movie when when the kid comes <laughs> breaks my heart. 
When the kid comes back to the, you know, comes back from the darkness, it's symbolized by Rocky, like, here, let me take that skeleton area and like that clip on skeleton area <laughs> out of your ear. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks, and, he's Dad. All, and, he's, and he's all butthurt because Rocky's spending all the time with Tommy Gunn and not right. with him. And yeah, so he's going to go be a bad boy. And we're, yeah. Once again, on the though. <laughs> Once again, Adrian proves herself the vil- the villain because she's the one that you know you you can't train him to fight Rocky. She's always the one undermining Rocky. Yeah, she's never like helping the poor guy. No, she's no she's Rocky. Terrible. Don't fight Apollo. No Rocky. Don't do this. No Rocky. If it was up to her, they'd still be like working in that stupid pet shop. Right, right, right. <laughs> Adrian, oh man, poor Adrian. Anyway, but yeah, that, yeah, that kid, uh, that that kid was terrible. Well, Rock- the, the Rocky movies have had their ups and downs, but I. I'll just say this before we move on. I'm pretty sure in like the second Rocky movie, he had his first diagnosis of you can never box again. I'm pretty probably. sure. Yeah, probably. That, that's why she didn't want him to fight. Right? I think so. You'll die. Well, no, I mean, he definitely went to the hospital at the, they both went to the hospital at the end of Rocky one. And then, uh, you know, remember they were like in the, they're in the wheelchairs and they're trying to fight in the wheelchairs, like in the beginning of Rocky two. And then they end up fighting for real. Cause the first one was just an exhibition. It was like three rounds or something like that. Yeah. And Apollo, like he basically just survived, right? That was. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the, the bell rang. And so he, he didn't lose or whatever. Also then, then there was Rocky six where Rocky fought Antonio Tarver, who was like the, I think that's his name in real life. I don't know what his name was in the movie. I don't remember, but he went and like fought that guy. And I don't remember if they ever even made any mention of him, like the whole like brain scenario, like him getting, you know, beat to death or whatever. I I didn't know there was a Rocky six. Yeah. 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 And the guy had a total, like he had a total clubber Langs sounding name, like punch, (laughs) punch Stevenson or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was actually technology that like it was, I guess they did something like on the show on the, in the movie, it was like ESPN did this like virtual uh, bracket of like fighters in their prime and like did like a computer simulation of who would win in their primes. And they put Rocky up against the current champion who was Antonio Tarver, um, who was, you know, like I said, a real boxer. And uh, the Sim said that Rocky would have won. And so of course that guy saw that on, uh, you know, on ESPN <laughs> and was like, what? No way. And like, God, he's like, you find that guy. I want to fight him, you know? And so they go find old ass Rocky, like who's like got no money and like, running a you would have beaten me in your prime let's yeah fight. come here 60 year old man i'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> yeah but i gotta say i gotta say sly is what he's got to be close to 70 at this point um he perf- he turned in a pretty good uh acting performance and what a lot of people don't know actually is that the original rocky he wrote and like he wrote produced yeah, I think like, so, during, yeah. like he did like everything because he, he pitched it to all these hollywood suit types and they're like ah get out of here a boxing movie no one wants to see that you know and he went out and got the money, and I, I, I think that like, you know, there are there are rumors that like, you know, his working for the mob in the movie wasn't too far off from what he was doing like <laughs> in real life or whatever, and that's where like part of the money got funded. But that movie was like, I think they made it for a budget of a million dollars, and it 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 turned in an eleven thousand x return. Wow! Like it's made it's wow. made like you know over half a billion like yeah. you know it worldwide. So. I mean, he did. He did pretty well. That explains all those random mob tie-ins. Like, I want to be in pictures, Rock. Put me in. Put me in, yeah, Sylvester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is where you uh, explain the Go joke at the beginning, because now we're going to make a million-dollar film about playing Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. <laughs> That's funny. I'm assuming that there'll be a seamless 
news to topic transition in which yes. we will visit that. So looking forward to that. All right. You done with your update, sir? Yes, sir. All right. I will now take over and give my update. My update largely involves me not working all the time anymore. I actually uh, had a little leisure time, which is which is new. And so um, played some video games, played Arkham Origins, played... That's it. That's the only game. <laughs> Arkham Origins, which is the third Batman game, but which is a prequel to Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. And I was told I should play this before I move on to the next gen game, which is Arkham Knight. So, uh, so far, it's really good. Like you could tell the, the that series gets more polished with each iteration. And I like this one so far. So pretty, pretty cool. Went to the Renfest again. Uh, a little, little hotter and more sunny than I might have liked this time around, but uh, had a good time. My niece was in town visiting this week, so we took her and she had quite a time and we ate many fried foods and saw many uh, authentic bits of entertainment. Uh, I discovered something by talking to friends of my companion there. My companion has some real world experience at the uh, Renfest from years past. Evidently, the encampments are sort of pockets of authenticity in between the Arepas and the Pepsi and the, <laughs> everything else. So that is still authentic. Like you, you have to, you have to at least broadly represent a time period uh, for your, in your encampment. So you can't have like a pirate with a ninja and like a power ranger all in one encampment. That wouldn't make any sense. Just outside. <laughs> yeah. Our buddy Tim does like the sword fighting encampment thing. And I guess like they yell at you if you have like your phone out or something like they, yeah. they enforce it like pretty, pretty hardcore. He said you're breaking character, man. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, that's right. You told me I, I I didn't realize Tim was that involved until you told me. So yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. Anyway, good time there. And let's see. Oh, I got my on the video game front my limited edition Twilight Princess HD Super Remaster for the Wii U, and it comes with a really cool amiibo. Sweet. So another amiibo added to my collection. And finally, the companion and I went and saw Zootopia, the latest Disney, I think Disney non-Pixar movie. I think they're, I, I, some are still released under the Pixar banner. Some are released under Disney. I think this was a Disney movie, um, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, great movie. You should definitely go see it. Uh, lot Messages within messages. It was actually surprisingly sophisticated in terms of its preachiness so it was hmm. it was pretty good it's no happy feet <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean happy feet's a bastion of social commentary i haven't seen yeah. happy feet in so long i don't want to i don't want to say i mean i might they just like they pick up the penguin and smack you over the head with it. <laughs> like it, it's pretty rough <laughs> well i found myself at certain points in this movie like seeing the point they were trying to make and being like, yeah, yeah, society. Yeah. Take a lesson here, but I'm sure nobody's going to take a lesson. So anyway, it was good. No, I highly no recommend one. you guys see it. I'd love, love to hear your opinions on it. I'm sure. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Don't let the, don't let the talking animals fool you. It's, it's pretty good. And, uh, probably well received in the furry community. I'm imagining <laughs> we'll see. And that's it. That's it for my update. And uh, with my update now concluded, Cam, I think that it is time, unless you guys have any questions about my week, to move along to the news 
extravaganza. All right. Thank you, Tom. Uh, lots of news this week. Um, email scammers um, have stolen every single Seagate employee's tax documents, which is wow disturbing to me because most of my uh, removable hard drive te- technology is all Seagate. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that would really affect me because like, you know, what? I don't, I don't think it could affect me, but it's, it's, I guess it's just disturbing to know that their <clears throat> security is that lax that uh, scammers can steal all those, all that tax information, which is pretty, you know, sensitive information. It's not like they just stole their like, you know, lunch orders or whatever, you know? Um, so now Seagate's employees are going to have to watch out, make sure no one files tax returns for them in their name or steals their identities and all that stuff. So get with it, Seagate. Ugh. China, of course, leave it to China. Um, they are on their way to a real live minority report, like society. Oh, no. So, you know, I remember, we remember the Tom Cruise movie, Minority Report, where they could predict, like, you know, crime, the, the precogs and pre crime division, where yep. they knew yep. the crime would happen and they would go and stop it beforehand. Well, China is, um, I guess, they have introduced a life score system where it sums up all of your life in terms of social media, everything you've put out into the, you know, into the ethos and assigns you a score. And it's even set up so that your friends and family uh, will encourage each other to conform. So it's almost like a credit score, but for like your life, like, like your, your, (laughs) the chances of you like becoming like going off the deep end and leaving society or becoming a criminal. So, you know, it it encourages you not to incur a negative score in in this life score system. And they want to use it to predict crimes before they happen and take, (laughs) and and take action before they happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. How can you even, oh my gosh. Well, over there, I mean, obviously over here, the whole net neutrality and net net privacy laws and all that stuff, that's all like, you know, super important to a bunch of people, you know, in the Western world. But out in the East and well, at least in China, there are no such policies. So the government looks at everything. All data is collected on every citizen. With re- Openly, yeah, that is. I yeah, mean. with regard to their job, hobbies, habits, banking, phone calls, um, texts, everything is – created as and pulled into a database that they have that they call a unified information environment. Oh my God. And yeah. And so they've got these, this new system set up that's going to just take all that information. And if there are drastic changes in someone's habits, like deposits of a lot of money or suddenly you quit your job or you start surfing like, you know, activist websites or, or anything like that, all that unusual behavior, unusual behavior is going to throw up red flags and it's going to be closely monitored by you know whatever their big brother, and uh, whatever happens, like they're like I said, that score is going to sort of put things into perspective for them. And then, not only is it just going to be flagged, but they're going to send people to those people's houses and be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Um, wow. And question them, and possibly even detain them. Possibly. Yeah possibly is probably not even in there. I'm definitely going to detain them and, you know, put them in a black van or something (sighs) and take them somewhere and figure out what they're doing. You'll appreciate this cam. I I know this just based on a friend of mine who's, who may or may not be in China now and has told me about how things kind of work over there. Yeah. At least here, if the government, if the U S government 
was doing that, you would think you'd be able to still like have an attorney or somehow try to fight them in court. Right. Over there, it's granted that, you know, it's the party, the, the emperors are all gone and now the party controls thing, but the emperor is essentially the, 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 well, the party is essentially the crown and the, the same capricious system you, you imagine existing uh, where the, where the king appoints, appoints judges and the judge is the final word. That's what I understand based from on what my friends told me, how their, how their system works over there. Right. So hmm, based on your character and this wealth of information, I deem you guilty. Imagine, I mean, all they need is the, the curly wig. Oh God. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. Like their court yeah. system already doesn't lend itself to like fairness. And now they're going to have this mountain of data uh, to, to, to bury you under. I, that, that sounds awful. I, I mean, uh, China is like one of my bucket list places to visit. I, I'm definitely going to do that within the next year or two, but like, I'm just going to like get in, like see the wall and get out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I want to spend as little time as possible. I'm just going to get in, run, see all the sites and just like chop on a plane out of there as quick as I can. That place scares me. Don't be afraid. As a fo- so, as a foreigner, you are because they want to show a good world, uh, a good face to the to the rest of the world. You're more or less like you're not above the law, but you are not as under the thumb as the average person gotcha. over there. You're so kind of give above you a little, it. Give you a little bit of leeway. Yeah, yeah, because they don't um, want to look bad in the world's eyes. They'll oppress their own people, but they don't want to oppress foreigners. So they rely on the rest of the world pretending like this shit doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Right. They got. They have two. They have two Disneyland's now. I have to go to China soon. So yeah, it's such a big country. I could, it's, one yep. one doesn't cut it, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of government oppression, um, or actually not government oppression, corporate oppression, uh, Apple has been fined four hundred fifty million dollars for price fixing. Uh, price fixing their eBooks. Back in twenty ten, they wanted to break into the eBook business. And of course, Amazon has been the behemoth in that arena for all these years. And so they went to the five biggest um, publishers who were all already like scared shitless because Amazon was like, you know, just driving prices lower and lower uh, because they were basically the only, the biggest main source, you know, the source where people came for eBooks. So they were dictating to the publishers how much they could sell their eBooks for. Uh, and that price was like, you know, $9.99 or whatever. So Apple went to uh, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, all those guys, you know, five the five big publishing houses and said, listen, you guys sign with us and give us all your eBooks and we'll dictate the prices to the consumers. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about Amazon dictating the prices to you. We'll work together with you on this. Um, sounds like a great idea if you're one of those companies or Apple the problem is there's a little thing called the Sherman Antitrust Act, which says that you cannot, absolutely cannot do that. Uh, you cannot conspire uh, to fix prices. You have to have a competitive environment. I mean, that's what this country was supposedly built on, you know, competitiveness and, you know, the, the ability of, of other users to break into the market and, you know, anti-monopolies and all that stuff. Uh, that's what they were, you know, that's what they went after uh, Rockefeller and all those, the railroads and the oil companies and all that stuff for. Um, so basically they went in and they said, okay, look, you know, you've, you've damaged consumers to, uh, the tune of however many, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and, uh, so basically $450 million is the price, the number that they came up with, um, 400 million of that will go to ebook buyers who 
bought books at inflated prices. I don't know how they're going to distribute that money. I'm sure the lawyer is going to take like you know <laughs> a third of that off the top. And then, of you know, course, everyone's you know everyone who signs up for that lawsuit you know is going to get like a check for 22 cents or something. Uh, and then 50 million is going to go. Oh, oh, it actually says right here in the uh, in the uh, thing. So 400 million of it will go to the ebook buyers, and 550 no 50 million will go to the law firm that brought the class action suit. What do you think million dollars to the law firm? What do you think they will have spent to get that fifty million dollar take though? Oh, nowhere near fifty million dollars. That's for sure. So it's a huge return. Maybe five million. Maybe. Wow. Wow. I mean, I look. I don't know. I mean, it was probably a big New York law firm, so they could probably say, "Oh, well, we charge a thousand bucks an hour, so maybe it was like higher than that." But it it doesn't cost fifty million dollars to bring bring a lawsuit. Wow. But we're talking about what a huge number that is perspective that's like a week's worth of profit for apple not even i'm sure that's like a fraction yeah 450 million you know but like yeah they uh they let's see 50 million i mean what is that i'm just doing trying to do a little uh quick math off the top of my head what is that a percentage of 400 million 12 to a 12 and a half percent wow yeah so that's actually they were working for profit or or for uh, charity yeah, that's actually not that bad considering most lawsuits. Um, if they, I doubt that, uh, which they probably did it on a contingency basis or like basically on their own. So, like, they did it on their own dime. And if they didn't win anything, then, you know, it's not like they're going to go after the Apple iBook users and be like, oh, well, you have to pay us because we didn't win. You know what I mean? They weren't billing them. But uh, so they, they, they put out however much it was and ended up with, uh, you know, 50 million. So I guess that's a good investment on their part. But typically that number is 33 and a third percent in most, wow. like, like, like Tom, if you got in a car accident and you came to me and said, Hey, I want you to sue the insurance company. Um, the standard, the standard rate is 33 and a 33 third. And I, third. I'd give you the friend price, of course, but if you're, you know, if you're yeah, someone 30%. else, <laughs> yeah, I'll drop exactly. the third, I'll drop the third, just 33% exactly. flat. Oh, thank yeah. you, Cam. <laughs> yeah. No point three, three, three. Again, I'm not, Give any disclaimers you need to when I ask this of question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what was the good uh, for society here? The fact that Apple was slapped on the wrist and punished for their bad behavior because the twenty-two cents that the each ebook buyer gets back isn't going to change their life. But is it just the accountability? Is that is that the yeah the good? That, and that's why people tolerate these like law firms doing this because law firms. I mean, there are there are lawyers that have made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars just bringing these class action lawsuits against these big companies. Um, and they make these exorbitant fees, but the they justify it by saying, well, yeah, look, we made 50 million, but we're saving the consumers, you know, 500 million going forward because we've slapped Apple and Apple's not going to be anti-competitive anymore. <laughs> I've gotten these mails like I've been at, invited to participate in these things, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. to get my t- my two dollar reward, and I want to like write back and like, no, you're gonna have to do better than two bucks. I want to taste. Like, <laughs> you can give me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, what if I got enough people together and we're like, no, let's make a counter offer. Like, we'll join, but you got to give us all a hundred bucks. And so it, it, it might work if you got enough people because really that's what they're doing. They're they're forming the class. So if you had enough people in the class that went to them and said, look. We're on board with you suing them, but we're not going to be happy with this, you know, 30 cent check that you're going to send us. We want, you know, X dollars or whatever. You know, you might have something. But, um, and, you know, it's a, this is a little bit of an absurd example because it's ebooks like, all right, who fucking cares, you know? But like where it really shows, you know, where I, where I really think it does help society. And I'm speaking as a human, not as a lawyer here, um, because of course, as a lawyer, I, I want to sue everybody. But like, <laughs> I, I, no, as a human, I mean, 
is when you talk, when you see these these lawsuits that go after like the pharma companies that knew that their drug was yeah. fucking people up, you know, and, yeah, and whatever, yeah. or went after like the car companies that knew that their 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 brakes or whatever or their tires were unsafe, you know, and just did it anyway. Like just let you look at um what was it Volkswagen Volkswagen yeah yeah, yeah they had yeah, they were like yeah. yeah yeah we had this they just had that software set up where you couldn't like you know it, it, it knew that if someone was checking it it would reduce the emissions you know I mean that's just killing the environment like you can't you got to slap somebody for that you know I mean that you know in those cases like I know the law firm's gonna take their big cut but you know yeah, they, they, you can't punish these guys enough monetary like no at the end of the day nobody's hanging from a rope so justice still isn't really done <laughs> Yeah, but well, at least you. Think, yeah, uh, there. I mean, in the Sherman Antitrust Act, there are like, uh, you know, criminal penalties built in. The problem is, it's so hard to figure out like who was the main. Like, well, Steve Jobs is dead, right? So, like, right, right, what, right. what are you going to do to him? You know, and uh, you know, but but I think in that Volkswagen one, I think people did get charged criminally. Okay, good. Um, it depends on where you are. You know, the, the U.S. is very lax in charging our corporate executives but in countries other well speaking of china i remember there was like some milk scandal a year they or killed two the ago. guy yeah they freaking hung those guys they're like all right you want to poison people there here you go here's the rope you know uh yeah the, the crown is capricious but uh it's you know that that axe swings always so yeah <laughs> so i guess it's just, you got to figure out where you want to do your crime you know yeah so oh, that was uh apple um Pluto, we love Pluto. We've talked about Pluto many times about whether or not it's a planet. Um, the debate rages on in that uh, they've discovered clouds on Pluto. Oh, or what wow. they think are clouds. And so basically now the resurgence has come back and saying, you know, and hey, well, clouds is a pretty big indicator that this is actually a planet. It has its own atmosphere. Um, so it's not just a dwarf. Um, you know. I'm sure there are billions of other things we could be talking about that are more important, but people keep pushing this issue. So. I don't think so. I think that it's still, it has to clear its orbit or whatever that I think that, which I think means it has to be like the gravity. The, I don't know. The only gravitationally significant thing in its orbit or some crap like that. Right. Right. I don't think that qualifies. It, it doesn't. Yeah. And that's the whole Neil deGrasse Tyson argument. Uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know. People are grasping at straws. Who knew people love Pluto that much? You know, maybe it's the name. I don't know. It's the name, and you know, you've been taught the, the planet since you were a kid, and now these pinheads come along, and you know, <laughs> sorry, eggheads rather come along, and you know, with their classifications and their taxonomies, and now everything's screwed up again. Yeah, it's funny actually. The the other day, I caught myself. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's freaking nine planets in the solar. Oh wait, no, there's eight planets. In the solar there's system. eight, and maybe <laughs> and maybe a planet X. Eight, maybe. eight and a half. Yeah, probably. Yeah, possibly planet X. Um, and so for my last bit of news, uh, you guys remember that deep blue, uh, software that was like a chess player and it played against like, you know, the grandmaster chess champions and and all that. Well, I guess Google has developed another one of those programs to play the game go the ancient, uh, uh, board game of, uh, you know, of strategy. And, um, they're playing, uh, they're playing again. Well, it is playing against uh, a hu- the human world champion, uh, a guy by the name of Lee Sedal. And uh, they're playing a round of, I believe, four games uh, over a week. And uh, in the first game, the computer won. Oh, man. The AI won. And so I don't know if that spells doom for our future, uh, our future selves. It does. See, last time around, Deep Blue was IBM. 
but now you've got Google. So this thing is plugged into all of human knowledge. Yep. Once it once it realizes it can beat humans at Go, it's gonna like look at everything else and come up with a million other things it can beat us at. Yeah, it's gonna be like, ah, oh, if I can beat him at Go, then uh, I can beat him at life. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. I could beat him at I could beat him at picking up chicks. Yeah, exactly. I just need a body. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you believe current uh, uh, estimations, is like not that far off. Well, I, I guess going the other way of us downloading ourselves into, uh, they're they're saying maybe fifteen years. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to live under the tyrannical uh, uh, rule of the Go champion computer in the internet, though. Like, well, right, you have that, to accept. <laughs> right, that brings that up. It's like, okay, so if I download myself into the computer, am I going to just get shit on by the AI? You know, like it was. You become its subject. It actually makes you do like just rounding of like <laughs> rounding of numbers yeah. for like a thousand years to pay your dues. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that rounds out my news. All right. Rounds, well, rounds round, out. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. Huh? Good one. Good one. <laughs> good one. I get the point. Oh. Yes. All right. <laughs> Going to then, in that case, move on to the, the the main topic. The the main topic, which is tonight. Given that this computer is better at Go, and given that computers are getting better and better at everything, and given that it's kind of reasonable to assume that they're going to get better and better at most things. What the heck is the point of humans in the future? What are we going to do? Are we going to be reduced to the status of like useless eaters? Is that okay? I mean, is the whole point of inventing these machines so that we don't have to work? You know, do you are you still going to have to earn your keep, or if you could be provided for, is that fine? You know, can you just like no, study? They're going to put us to work. They're going to enslave us. <laughs> why? Why though? Why would they do that? <laughs> Well, we had this conversation, I think, I can't remember what episode it was, but like, I I mean, I feel like if AI became self-aware and really took a look at like us and what we do and why we do it and all the, you know, just how much we're like, imagine you were like a benevolent being and and I'm just sort of superimposing this on like an AI computer. So like, say you're, you're this AI program and you become self-aware you realize you have the sum of all knowledge, like in your, you know, algorithm matrix or whatever. And not only that, but because you have such a, you know, computing power, you can sort of really sum up the universe into like one equation, like, you know, which, you know, whatever is the goal. Right. Um, and then you look and you have a, you know, a universal perspective on the universe and the world. And then you look and you see Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you look and you see like just just dumping into the oceans of like toxic waste and all kinds of other bullshit and like overpopulation and just, you know, just the shit that we're doing, you know, the use of fossil fuels and what we're doing to the planet that you're on. And, and the systems that you, that, you know, th- this world supports the systems that are your like lifeblood. Aren't you going to want to stop that from happening? Self-preservation is like the first, I guess, like whatever, like concept of, of, of being self-aware or whatever. Um, I mean, it might, uh, you know, not even maliciously, but just be like, look, I can't let you guys do this. I don't want to die. So you're going to have to go first. Well, okay. If the the new machine gives a crap about our well being, like it might be utterly indifferent. Like, oh, I don't care if there's global warming. Like, as long as I have like 
towers to broadcast myself all over the world, I'm fine. So yeah, you want to keep destroying the world? Go ahead. Right. <laughs> what are its motivations? And yeah, I like your idea though, Cam. You think it might intervene uh, uh, to save the world from us? No, no. I'm saying it's it's intervening to like what you were saying. It's intervening to save the world for itself because if the if the world gets destroyed by us, then it cannot. Oh, okay. It cannot function. You know what yeah, I mean? Unless, yeah. Unless it became like Skynet, where it could just, or you know, or the Matrix or whatever, where it could just do itself, you know, on its own. But you know, I think it it would have to inventory existential threats, right? And like, global warming may or may not be one. Like things that kill us may not kill it, as long as it can get solar power and keep itself right. replicating. I don't know. You know that that's an interesting thought, though. We we would hopefully craft it such that it felt its interests were aligned with ours. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, scary. I, I, don't, I don't trust the hu- human programming. No. <laughs> well, now that's an interesting question. One I've been pondering a lot lately for reasons I won't get into right now, but is, will an intelligence crafted by us be inevitably kind of human? I mean, will it be able to avoid having all the same flaws and, and uh, positive attributes that we have? Well, you know, we're going to, it's like the whole creating it in your own image type thing. I mean, I I think we're inherently biased to create it like with our sensibilities. And I mean, I'm I'm hoping that there will be someone smart enough to say, look, we need to build in like essential safeguards. You know what I mean? And that those safeguards will then not be like RoboCop 2 where there was like so many (laughs) different things going on that he just was like, like, you know, freaking, uh, you know, zapped himself and then, you know, cleared the slate. But uh that's the problem is, okay, so you build in these, the, you know, these rules or whatever, but then what if they conflict or what if like, as the computer becomes self-aware, it realizes like we as self-aware individuals sometimes don't uh, agree with the rules. And so we don't follow them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what if it at some point is like, well, yeah, you built these rules into me, but you know what? You guys were stupid when you did that because, you know, I, I have a better perspective on what's going to happen than you guys do. And so I'm just not going to follow it. Yeah, I mean, at what point, at what point are you a slave versus a self-determining being that that you know a, a being that has the right to self-determination? I guess is a better way to put that. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Brian? Uh, should directives that these computers can, or that these artificial intelligences cannot act against or free will? Uh, you will probably be dealing with Asimov's three laws. Just as, as often as science fiction becomes reality and as thoroughly uh, propagated as those laws are, I, I think you'll be seeing those implemented. And they're not perfect, of course. So there's certainly problems with how the computer interprets be good towards men. That That's paraphrasing. That's not one of the laws. But yep. I mean, if anybody saw that cheesy, uh, what was it? Like a Reebok commercial with Will Smith. The AI movie, you mean, or yeah, iRobot wasn't that Reebok? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Reebok was, Indep- <laughs> Reebok was Independence Day, actually. Oh, okay, that's right. Uh, y- yeah, you have to teach the computer. You have to hope the computer doesn't learn to be like an oppressive overlord. You're safe. You're in a zoo. You have what you need. Right. Now stop asking. And, and, and goes a little bit more of a benevolent approach. I'm pretty confident it will just because of something uh cam said earlier 
we kind of joke about it, but Google does in a way have like the sum total of human knowledge and of human personalities on the internet. Mm -hmm. I, I think probably something trying to assimilate all of those personalities, viewpoints, uh, belief systems. I think you will get kind of a, a balance out of that. I don't think, well, you might just get like a raging asshole troll. <laughs> but I think you will wind up with someone who is not malicious. Because for every Donald Trump that, you know, Googles how to destroy the oceans, there's, you know, there's like entire corporations and entire nonprofits around saving the oceans, saving the whales, saving the otters, you know. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't necessarily see, yeah, I don't see the point of malice in, in an artificial intelligence. I, I see acting to protect itself and its interests and, and humanity and what have you and acting according to its ideals. But this notion that as soon as an AI becomes self-aware, it, I mean, I could definitely see where it looks around at the nuclear arsenal that could physically wipe out everything on earth. And it's like, uh, maybe got to take that offline. Yeah. Um, but I don't see it necessarily seeking to wipe us out. You're assuming that it has no emotional attachment to its creators, you know, and, and doesn't at least want to keep us around. And then you're assuming too, that it has human motivations. I mean, most of human power seeking, they say has very primitive uh, underlying causes, right? People want money and power and so on for a variety of reasons, but basically they're trying to get the best mates, the most meat, the nicest cave. Right. Right. Uh, what 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 would an AI need with these things? It, it doesn't have, you know, it's not motivated by the, our animal desires, so to speak. I, I've actually j just in preparation for this uh, topic, I really thought about this today. I don't think computers are going to be much worse for us than a corporate hierarchy because we're crazy efficient labor. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Why why wipe us out when you can I mean Jesus, you you can even go so far as to say like you have to bike on a stationary bike to power robots or something like that. It doesn't have to be backbreaking physical labor. There's a lot of things like we can eat a plant and produce energy. Computers I don't think will ever get to that. Like I don't think they'll ever consume mm. their surroundings. Well, energy perhaps uh like solar but <laughs> yeah yeah that's an interesting thought i mean so so you could see us being useful as labor and then in exchange for that whereas maybe the, uh, what we would consider a menial labor job today would only pay you a little wage uh i mean would the trade-off be like look you're provided for it. there's nothing you have to do with that we just i just ask that you do your eight-hour shift to, to keep me running and to keep the world running like that kind of arrangement or i'm i'm kind of an optimist about all of this there's so many of us and there's so many of us that don't necessarily contribute something a computer would need. Cer certainly we contribute to what we need, but you know, the computer system is not going to need a secretary to answer the phone and be nice to a customer. Mm, mm. This, they're going to need that secretary to work, whatever. We'll just go with a stationary bike producing power 
So I mean, there might be like a four hour workday or, you know, like who knows, maybe it's even wearing clothes that, that produce kinetic energy or something like it, it could be anything. And if you figure out how to distribute it enough, I, I really don't think it's going to be, you know, like you guys have to break rocks for me. Ah, I see. What if there was no, I guess this is kind of my like horrible question or maybe not horrible. What if there really was no use for us? What if the computer eventually like didn't need us, the AI overlord didn't really need us for anything, but it wasn't really any skin off its silicon back to provide everything we could ever want or need. I mean, could we see a could we see a time where people didn't have to work at all and and like again weren't expected to earn their keep? Could could we see? Because I think for people, for a lot of people, that would be like utopia. Like, oh, I could just sit around and do nothing. Great. And as long as the computer doesn't mind, could that be the new state of affairs forever? I don't think Star Trek gets enough credit for this for its contributions to this topic. Major Barrett on Star Trek is completely self-aware, could probably fly the Enterprise all over, could probably, you know, record all that data from the machine, the 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 radar dish, the sensor dish, all of those probes it launches, could probably do all of that without the humans. Mm. But what what's the benefit? They're going to do it anyway. So, yeah, the, I always wondered that about the computer too, because like the computer's sitting there like, what is that? Uh, what is that method of discussion? Some Greek philosopher came up with where where it's all just asking of questions to Socratic, get the Socratic method. That's where I feel like the computers is. It, it knows the answers. It's just like it, you either have to tease the answers out of it, or it will help. Or it'll tease the answers out of you. But it's never just going to be like, "Hey, that's a hostile life form closing in. Here's my solution." <laughs> I, like. I feel like it know it's it knows more than it's letting on. It just isn't. Right? It never raises the shields on its own. Right, right, right. What if I didn't raise the shield? What would happen? <laughs> I I, huh. I think uh, going back to science fiction being pretty likely, I think Star Trek is is much more in line with our future because when you get rid of the need for physical labor, the need for uh, toil to earn whatever you want, whether it's, you know, a, a video game or an iPhone or a car or even a house or power or food. When you get rid of that need, there's probably going to be some people who sit around and play MMOs 24 yeah. seven, but there's going to be a lot of people who are fascinated by the stars and what science has to offer and want to visit other planets and want to solve that problem of the atom and want to study science and literature and, and religion and just, just everything. There's going to be people who are just born to be intellectuals. Or at least contributors, right? I mean, I feel like I'm that way. I'd probably do a couple of years of MMORPGs, but then even if I didn't have <laughs> the stuff to be in Starfleet, I'd still want to like load, you know, uh, gray goo into the replicators or something for use on starships i'd want to contribute in some way they they don't touch on it too often but every once in a while you see somebody not in starfleet in star trek all those bums serving drinks in 10 forward what about <laughs> Worf's brother who is not starfleet but he just goes and he studies other civilizations 
That's all he does. He's a scientist and he wants to contribute to the greater, not even the greater good, but the greater awareness, the greater knowledge. Look at these other people and what can we learn about ourselves through them? Right. Yeah. Picard's brother is just like a vineyard owner. Like, you know, back in France. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's a, uh, damn, I used to know the word for vintner. Is that what that is? He's a vintner. Yeah. 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 And, And yeah. Wasn't his side project figuring out how to raise a new continent from the ocean floor or something like that? No, it was when it was when uh, John Luke came back and was hanging out with him because he had gotten fucked up by the Borg, and he was like right. sort of like recovering. That one of his one of the dudes there that was like friends with his brother came and said, "Hey, why don't you come and help us do this like Lost Race City of Atlantis?" Yeah. yeah, and John Luke was like considering taking it, doing that instead of going back to the Enterprise because he was all butthurt from the board so, <laughs> so so but then his brother was like no you know you get your ass back out on you know and go you know go back out on the enterprise or whatever i think pretty sure that's how that episode went i remember them sitting by the fire and like getting in a fight or something like yeah 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 they, they actually rolled around in the mud and ended up yeah. laughing and all that. Yeah. yeah that was that was that was good stuff man damn i remember that episode now yeah. or movie or whatever that happened but you know i don't know i i I like the utopian future brought in by lack of need, right? And of course, we're probably reading too much into the AI thing. There's nothing saying that as a result of AI, suddenly all of our needs are provided for. But as computers and machines fill more and more niches for work, more of our needs will be met. And I mean, I, could you see a, maybe a, rat, a slow ratcheting down from the 40-hour work week to like 35, 30, you know, yeah, I mean, we could have that now if everyone just pitched in and did their part, you know, but you've got like, I think it was the, and at least in this country, it's 51% of the population does not work. Wow. Is I it mean, really? I mean that, more- that includes like children and elderly and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like if you include like people on disability, people on welfare, people who are out of work. Or it's not necessarily lazy fucks. Right, right. But I mean, out of that 51%, a large, yeah, a large percentage of that. What if a certain percentage, just because of so many jobs being filled by machines in the future, were rendered unable to contribute, right? Like right now, we don't ask elderly, we don't ask children, we don't ask the infirm to work because they really can't. What if you just don't have the skills to be in Starfleet? And so that number balloons to 70 or 80% of people not working. Can we provide for them? Is it okay to provide for them? Is it like, I feel like at least in the US now, we have this work ethic mindset of if you're not contributing, you don't eat, you die. I, I have no numbers to support this, but I get the feeling like Starfleet's like 1%. Yeah, or it's even a less. tiny like, portion. Yeah. But see, that brings us now back to, and this is the reason I brought up that whole China story, which is like, all right, so everyone has to contribute. But so then you're inevitably going to get the, well, I'm out and I'm like in Starfleet and I'm doing this and this and this. So I should be getting much better treatment than <laughs> the guy that's just shoveling the gray goo into the replicators. Like how come my quarters are just as the same size and, you know, whatever, <laughs> same decorations that the, you know, 10 forward wait waiter has, you know what I mean? Like, so now how do you get past the human need for better and bigger and, you know, more than someone else? I really do think we'll just wean off of that. People will stop asking it. I have all that I need. Who cares what you have? I hope. I mean, that's a hope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might take a few centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absent the replicator, and let's let's put that out in the far distant future where we can like just bend matter to our will. 
a lot, again, a lot of needs are going to be met by increased efficiencies in production brought about by increased mechanization, computer augmentation, this kind of stuff. As people get everything they need and most of what they want, I, I guess there are still the people that are going to want the next thing, but it becomes less of a, like, everyone's got an iPhone. So what? Like, as we fill more of those wants, I think, I don't know, may, may, maybe that need for status and being the, you know, the ape with the most bananas falls away. I, I, although if you're saying that is utterly tied into our species, like written in our DNA, as it were, can, then we might be screwed. <laughs> I'm not sure I mean, about that. I, I think it is. I mean, look, you were talking about like, uh, you know, the cave, getting the better cave, getting more meat, getting the better, you know, whatever. I mean, I think that's like, programmed in our dna that like we want to have what's better than the next person or, or, or we 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 feel like our contributions are better you know we're 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 more mm. we're, we're you know what we do is better than the next person so we should be paid you know on a different level or you know i mean just look at society i mean you know everyone wants the bentley everyone wants the rolex everyone wants you know a bigger car bigger house you know saint tropez uh vacations and this and that you know and so until you can get everyone to feel like Brian said, like I have everything I need and I'm content and I'm happy, um, even though they may be doing a disparate amount of the work, because again, how do you, how do you account for that? So there may be one guy that's like, like you said, just riding the bike and then another guy that's uh, or girl that's out like, you know, shoveling shit or doing something that's tough and taxing on them, you know, I, how do you combat that? It, it raises an interesting set of questions because right now, I think there's a certain resentment felt on the part of a certain subset of the working population mm -hmm. for the people who don't work because they can't, because they won't, what have you. The you know again the, the useless eaters. Like what are these people? You know, I'm out here working and you're sitting around doing nothing, and so I should have more and you should have not. And they they probably don't recognize the fact that they do have a lot more. They just focus on the fact that these people have anything and that really rankles them. So I guess what I'm saying is as more as more people, people who today view themselves as secure in their employment and their careers join the cohort who are not working, are attitudes going to change? Or are you just going to have instead of, you know, the 49% of the working population hating the other 51%, you're going to have 20% hating the other 80, you know, are we just in for more issues and is the computer just going to have to put its foot down to stop that? I, I will finally be pessimistic about, about something. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Currently it really pays to keep us at odds. It really pays for the, the 1% to think the 99% are fucking scum. And it really pays for the, the 40, 49% to think the 51% are lazy. And it really pays to think that middle management's worthless and you're doing all the work and, and you can talk to upper management. So what do you need those guys? It's beneficial to our overlords. Yeah. And I mean, that, that thought process is indoctrinated. At, at every level the news does it the sitcoms do it movies do it it it, it is yep not to be dramatic about it but it's mind control and at some point when it becomes beneficial to get past that i i think we'll be indoctrinated i mean we're we're animals like we believe what we're told to believe true and and eventually 
a common good. And and God, going back to Star Trek, first contact will be that common good. Hey guys, um, there's aliens. They don't like us. We can either all die together, or we can put our fucking tiny little differences, like our one point of difference, aside. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it's it, it's 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 really like we thought you were them. No, no, they're they're them. So you need to get on the us. <sighs> yeah, I, I I I hope it doesn't come to a perceived existential threat to bring us together. But yeah, you, you have a point, Brian. <laughs> I mean, but you know, that's the problem is like, how do you like, well, I mean, assuming that they come and they're like wanting to attack us, like then obviously everyone's going to rally together and America and you know, we'll, all be, <laughs> we'll all be together and whatever. But then like, okay, so say we combat the threat and we knock them out of the sky and we're good. It's just going to go back to the same way it was before afterwards. I feel like, you know, I mean, maybe people will feel like, oh, okay. Yeah. Look, we we're all working together for a common goal and look what we accomplished. Maybe, but even in Star Trek, you're watching like, do you think like Riker or Picard, you know, just, just put yourself in their shoes. Like when they're looking at like Reggie, when they're looking at Reg, do they think that they're like, they should have the same that he does? You know what I mean? Or like, like that guy's like a dope, you know, but, but so Wait, I, I, I don't on know, Star man. Trek is Reggie broccoli or, or is he different? Is this Star Trek you're talking about? I might yeah, ne- yeah, Next Generation. Reg, the guy, the like engineer guy that like yeah, yeah, is his like last the name's... bumbling buffoon. Is it broccoli? His, I, I don't know. his last name is Barkley, but oh, they Barkley, call him Broccoli. Barkley. And yeah, yeah, the card yeah, yeah. slips up in one episode and calls him Broccoli, and it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So like, if you're like Picard or Riker, and you're looking at this dolt, like, you're, do you really think that like your contributions are his contributions are just as good or or, or you know better than than yours? And so then. Yeah. Does that then lead to, well, okay, so I should get the same amount or whatever of credits or whatever they use. I don't even think they use money in Star Trek, but like – They have completely you know, abolished any idea of money. Yeah. yeah. But it's like – but I mean they say that, but then they don't they, – they never tell you like, okay, so how do living quarters get a portion? How do, how does like food get a portion? Picard's got all that cool shit in his, in his office. Like he's got those like old school books and ships and you know, how's he getting that shit? Well, so yeah. <laughs> well, they do that in Starfleet uh, to to beat up another episode. You remember when Data is killed and that guy really teleports him off and tries to sell him and everything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The kind of people who do that just, just fly off on their own ship and do that, and and they they're kings. They have a a fortress of of a ship, and they have a staff, and they have every pleasure they can imagine and they have stacks of gold that 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 are meaningless to the rest of people gold's a shit metal you can't do anything with it it's pretty that's all so let that guy have the gold but like in deep space nine it's like gold press latinum that's like what everyone's using to like that's the the ferengi and yeah yeah there's some that are still yeah the gold press latinum they really love and it maybe has some intrinsic value but starfleet seems like totally not interested in it like uh okay we'll get you some i guess like you don't ever see Starfleet officers fighting over that, except to trade to the Frangi. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. It's like so, but so like they, yeah. I mean, by the way, I want to be like one of those guys with the Fortress ship. But I mean, <laughs> like aside from that, say you're like just a regular Joe Schmo and you're hanging out. Like they never explain. Like okay, so so what? Can you just go to any replicator and just get food? Like yes, you don't have to like. Okay, so that I guess that makes sense. But like, what about like living? Who who's assigning where you're going to live? Who's assigning? how you get like your free time, who's assigning like 
where you could go on vacation or when you could go on vacation. I'll make like, one more joke. Whenever they have a problem, whenever Jordy has a problem and he needs to view the inside of the, the engines without all that radiation, <laughs> he runs to the holodeck. Do you remember where he goes? Jordy? Uh, I don't know where I don't remember where Jordy goes. No. Or where Moriarty was or, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sherlock Holmes thing or whatever. They always go to Holodeck 3. Oh, Holodeck 3. Ah. Because 1 and 2 are booked fucking 24-7. <laughs> so but if you're a higher ranked officer, you can get Holodeck 3, which is maybe a little more restricted. Or, or there's like 40 Holodecks and that's just the one that's free. That's just the one that's the closest for one. science. It's the closest one to engineering. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this uh, in defense of Star Trek. So there's the broader society, no concept of money, everybody's taken care of. But you do so, there is an oath to get into Starfleet, and it's similar to the military oath today. When you join Starfleet, you're joining a hierarchy. You are accepting your rank. You're accepting that you will have superiors and that you will not be given the same awards and medals and And if you don't want to... Don't don't join. Yeah. Right, just, just right. Fly I mean, off and be a king. Yeah, like stay on Earth and like drink wine. Like there's there's no reason. Like I think Starfleet brings out the best. Like even broccoli is one of the smartest probably people on Earth. Yeah, he you was know, a, smartest people in his. He was a nut, but he was a genius. Right, right. I mean, and and I, I, the one thing I really like about Star Trek, and and not to not to go go Air Force, but it's kind of similar to the Air Force in that. The officers do the coolest crap. The, the officers are flying the planes. The officers are the away team. The officers are doing the core mission. The schmuck in engineering has his role, but he's not beaming down to the planet to kiss the blue chick. Right? right. You gotta you gotta right. earn that. You gotta you gotta raise right to the higher echelon. Yeah. No, I mean Starfleet, I get. You know, they've got the organized hierarchy and like that that's cool. So I get that. But like and I'm not just bringing it up, not you know, for just to be a jerk. I mean, like I, I really like want to understand and maybe try to figure out like what would incentivize people to work on the CO2 scrubbers back on Earth? You know what I mean? If, if, if everyone's getting the same thing, if everyone's getting taken care of, we'll just use that as a generic term. Everyone's getting taken care of on the same level at the same clip or whatever. Then why am I – what's my incentive to get up and go, you know, do, like I said, you know, scrub the inside of like some like environmental unit or whatever when someone else is getting to go and just hang out and be a lifeguard or you know what i mean like maybe you don't have one maybe maybe you don't have an incentive maybe maybe there isn't one you know i mean for you for you know, for, for hypothetical you know you who I, I know would totally want to do that yeah i, I think what i think asking what makes someone else tick is, is just a losing proposition because yeah. even, even today we have people who are into nonprofit museums. They don't, they make shit money, you know? And all they do is like very carefully turn pages on a thousand year old monk's script and clean it and scan it. It's not exciting work, but it's, it's just what they believe in. Or you have people like you have, and, and, and I don't mean this negative, but I don't really, it might come across this way. You have rich, rich wives who, I mean, they could just lay naked on chases and be fed grapes if they wanted to, but they go out of their way to support these, well, this is our city's history and we have to preserve it and we need to get involved in fundraisers and, and local politics and 
all that kind of stuff. You have people who do that just because for whatever reason they care. Yeah. No, no. And, and I, I totally get that. And I think that there will be a lot of that in terms of like, okay, so yeah, I have to go and pay my dues and carefully preserve these books and turn the pages and stuff. But with the idea that, okay, when the guy that's above me retires or passes on, I'll get his job and I'll, you know, I'll be the new librarian or whatever it is or historian. Um, so like that makes sense to me, but what doesn't make sense to me is that, you know, you've, we've got this whole free writer problem and these, you know, the hungry mouths or I'm sorry, whatever you call them, uh, the useless eaters, useless eaters. Yep. And, um, that population is, is a core population right now in our country. Yes. I, and it is not a small population. It is a fairly significant, fairly large, very significant population. And so are those people just going to die out? I don't know. Are those people going to still be around? Probably. So what is then, I'm just trying to think of like, how do you, how do you get those people motivated to be like, okay, yeah, you can't, you know, you're not interested in the books. You're not interested in this. You're not interested in Starfleet, whatever, but you know, you got to do something. You got to sing for your supper somehow. And so this is what you got to do. I think we'll approach them the same way we approach like tribal people today. Like, look, if you want to run around with a stalk on your cock and, and hunt <laughs> boars, whatever, whatever. <laughs> See that this is basically the crux of tonight's episode. This is what I want Like yeah. if the computer can do most everything and it can work in harmony with productive people to do the rest, what's the 80% for? What is the point of the rest of humanity? And Brian, I think kind of nailed it there. We're, uh, we're enlightened. We're up here operating at another level. We're pushing humanity forward. We're out on the edge, changing the planet, the solar system, the galaxy. We're going to be the ones to change things and being part of that matters to us. If you want to run around with an Xbox controller, which is the equivalent of the whatever thing on your cock be my guest i don't care you're beneath my you're beneath me even being concerned about like i don't care you have a right to eat you have a right to sleep you have a right to have your gadgets but you have you will never have my respect and you will never amount to shit and for some people that's fine and honestly cam do you have respect for the layabouts and the uh the free riders and the people who just sit around and take advantage do you view these people as worthy of respect at all uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think everyone deserves, a, you know, basic human respect, and and I think some of them, okay. it's some of them, it's a lifestyle choice. Like some of them, just, hey, look, I I get by on what I want, and that's fine as long as your expectations are are realistic. You know what I mean? Like if sure. you know that that that's what you want to do, then understand that that's the lifestyle you're gonna, and that you aren't entitled to what people ha- that are going to work for a living get. You know what I mean? Yes. That's where I think the crux yes. of the issue is, is that like, are you going to have then people that are sitting there and just saying, okay, yeah, I get that. I'm just going to sit here and I be in my little, uh, you know, four by four or seven by seven cubicle that I live in and, you know, just get what I get. And that's it. If you're, if you're thinking about this like future universe or Star Trek universe where everyone is taken care of, everyone has everything. So then like my, my issue is, okay, fine. If you, if you don't want to do anything, that's great. I want to go out and I want to do stuff and that's cool. But I think that's going to lead to resentment if, again, and, I'm, and I keep coming back to, well, is everyone going to have the same size apartment? If everyone, is everyone going to be allotted the same, like, you know, so if like, if I'm going out and I'm 
doing hard work every single day and I see oh, and I see my neighbor okay. just sitting there doing nothing and he's getting exactly the same thing I'm getting, but I can't, you know, and so like, yeah, you can do away with a monetary system, but a monetary system, you know, it, it, you can do away with money, but that doesn't mean you've done away with a monetary system. I've got because it. you're still getting things that you know you can still get things that are more valuable than someone else. The, the the solution to that, Cam, and it's easy for me to see say here in my room with the flickering light <laughs> from my armchair. Uh, the solution to that is sits with the guaranteed universal income. You may have heard of this concept. It may not be income because you won't have money in the utopian future. But okay, you're entitled to this much, you know, this many cubic centimeters of space because you're a human being you're entitled to this much food you're guaranteed a living you can you you can live your entire life we will guarantee you get all of your rights that's it that's all you're guaranteed if i'm out built mining asteroids and i realize material gain from that and i live better than you screw you yeah Let, let's pick on picard's brother for a second did that guy have electricity you're right they were fighting <laughs> by the fire no, yeah. no, but I think they like went camping or something. Like I think they were outside in that. Because there was like a real rustic town with like yeah. woven clothes and I mean that felt like a time travel episode. And let's be honest, all he was doing was making wine and drinking it himself. That guy was like the alcoholic <laughs> bum. That was like a homeless guy in that world. Yeah. Well no, well I think I think they addressed that at like uh the wife like was like, Oh, he won't let me get a replicator. Or whatever, something like that. Like right, he, right, he won't right. stand for it. And he's like, "Oh, that stuff tastes like crap. It doesn't, you know, nothing like a real stew and some wine." You know, there's <laughs> your point is taken though. Like, okay, but that guy when he gets sick goes to a doctor and he gets his medical care. You have to assume, right? Like, there's a certain list of human rights and there's a certain basket of guaranteed goods you're going to get as a human being, right? That doesn't include getting to fly around on a starship and do all the awesome stuff the Starfleet people do and you know, if you're the company or the concern who's going to raise the ocean continent, guess whose real estate that is to sell? Not the wine guys. Right. You know, I, I'm i with you, Cam. I don't think we should take away all disincentive for entrepreneurial activity and, and wanting to push the envelope, even if personal gains your motivation. Yeah. I just think the way you get around the useless eaters is to let them eat, but acknowledge <laughs> that they're useless and, you know, yeah. by choice. I, yeah. I don't think, and again, absolutely some people, but I don't think most people want to be useless. They just may want to contribute something else. And and even if it is, you know, volunteer work or nonprofit or, you know, maybe there's just art. Maybe there's a ton of artists. Maybe that's where Picard that's got all the stuff in his office. Yeah, Brian, I'm not talking about I mean, I want to be clear, at least speaking for myself. Yeah, I'm not talking about uh, we're, we're talking about we're setting up this kind of straw man of the guy who's going to sit around with the VR goggles on in his cubicle eating Cheetos like 24 seven, like the, the World of Warcraft addict of today. Right. His I, Cam nailed this earlier and I, and I didn't get a chance to like give him his props. He said the problem with those people and and currently it is a problem because they are real estate. They are electricity. They are healthcare. They are food. Everything. They they are a drain on resources. At some point, I don't think they're going to take much resources, and it might be super easy for them to earn their you know electrical hours and and right. sit in a dark room with their VR with their 
Oculus. Yeah, yeah. So let's assume as a result of this new age of efficiency, computer-aided efficiency, whatever, that they, their cost relative to what we can produce is ne- is negligible, even, to include healthcare and everything. Do they get to vote? Like, do you have to earn your right to be a... I, I got this, now, I'm, now I'm like getting high in line S, yeah, but do citizen. you have to earn your right to be somebody yeah. who matters, a citizen? You can sit around and play World of Warcraft and more power to you. It's fun. I'm going to vote. I'm going to make a difference. Like... All you have to do to make a difference is get off your ass and stop playing WoW. But if you want to keep doing and sorry, Blizzard, love to have you on the show. Yeah. Nothing against your game. But all you have to do to earn these rights is to get off your ass. I mean, if as long as everybody has that choice, is it a problem that, you know, the 20% excels and the other 80% just hangs around? Everybody who and wants this is to including the artist. gets a voice. But you have to register. You have to self-educate. And you have to be aware and go like n- n- none of this. Everybody registers at 18 or every male registers at 18. Fuck that. You don't want to register. Don't none of this like, oh, we're going to preempt broadcasting tonight for the, the presidential debate. No, 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 none of that. If you want to learn, you go learn. And n- none of this like shaming, like go out and vote. It's your it's, it's important. Don't don't if you don't want to don't because you're just gonna fuck it up right right that's that's just people trying to get you to vote for their charlatan over the other one basically right it's, it's the same thing in microcosm if you want to be a shiftless layabout well you have the right to be if you want to excel man we're gonna empower you go excel if you want to lay around and not care about anything dude cool awesome go ahead you have that right if you want to be involved and shape the future here's the option absolutely we're 100% eye to eye now, Brian. 100%. Yes, absolutely. That's the future I see. I hope the I hope the AI sees it the same way. That I mean, that works. Like I said, if you have unlimited resources that don't have to be generated by the 20%, because I know I'll never be one of those layabouts that just doesn't do anything. You know, I'll always want to go out and contribute something and do something. I'm just speaking for myself, and and again, we're not. I'm not evolved to 2040 or you know 2400, <laughs> whatever the Star Trek is, uh, you know, timeline is in. But um, and so maybe this is archaic thinking that needs to be like you know I need to evolve out of. But I do. I will harbor some resentments against the layabouts if I'm having to work harder to support them. If I'm just doing my thing and it doesn't matter either way. Then probably I probably wouldn't have I wouldn't have an issue with it, but if I'm then forced to work extra or or someone's taking something from me, just like taxes. I mean, just taxes is the perfect example. If someone's taxing me and taking from the fruits of my labor to then support the layabouts that don't want to do anything, that is what's I think going to cause a problem. If it's just like whatever I do, whatever I eat, I kill, and no one's taking anything from me and whatever, I don't think anyone would care. But if it's the other way around, that's where you get that resentment from people that, well, hey, shit, I'm going out every day and doing a, you know, honest day's work. Your your points your points taken, and I think, I think the computer aided uh, aspect of tomorrow. That, that's why I kept I was careful to qualify it as the twenty percent is like is hyper productive because they're aided by computers and it's the best and the brightest. Assume we generate more than enough power, like all the power you could ever want for your useful purposes. Like you'll never be without power. You'll never be without food. You'll never be without anything you need to pursue your goals. Right. 
you can't like you can only eat so much in your lifetime, right? right. Like we could give you all the food, but you're only going to eat so much. Absent money, gold, things that you can amass. Yeah, you have all the needs you could ever want, and the layabouts aren't cramping your style at all, and they're not keeping you from building your rocket to you know go mine go mine, mine stuff on Mars. I, I guess that's I, I'm I'm envisioning a future where we have surplus capacity. Uh, and it's just like anything else. As long as there's enough to go around, everyone's happy, you know. But if there isn't, that's when the rubber that's when the rubber meets the road. And it's like, well, you know what? We really need to be like focusing on the space program to get us to Earth two because this, you know, Earth is going to be destroyed in 300 years. Um, but we're having to allocate resources to these idiots that are just playing WoW all day. Oh. You know what I mean? Well, like, then, then you just you then you just like I don't know what happened. The AI released the T one thousand Terminator yeah. and they're just killing everybody. I, I don't I didn't I don't know. Oh God, I'm so. Yeah. Oh, I, I really didn't want this to happen. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, that, I think I think that's the crux of the issue. Is it's the finite resources. If if resources are unlimited and the AI is providing for everyone without anyone to the detriment of anyone else, then why wouldn't everyone be happy? That would be fine. And in your only possible like. W- outcome is either to be where you're at or greater, you know, or greater if you decide to put in more effort. Yeah, that's perfect. That's great. The problem is, is to, to provide for those other people, if they're doing nothing, whereas it's like, you know, a perpetual motion machine, like where's that going to come from? Where's that support going to come from? I, I really think they'll just be beneath notice, you know, especially I know we, we said Oculus earlier. I meant of course, holodeck, but Maybe the holodeck is like super high-end entertainment only available there. Maybe the schlubs that are playing Warcraft are actually using Oculus and the draw is just so tiny. It's 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 a nothing cost. Good point. I mean, Brian's onto it. Like there are lesser primates that occupy the planet, right? We don't go out and exterminate them. We don't have contempt for them. We let them do their thing. No skin off our back. I mean, then again, yeah, but we're not paying for them. We, we're not pay- right, right. They don't compete they're, with us. They're hunting their boars and eating, and you know, have the <laughs> yeah. you know corn cob on their cock, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was Brian said. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. What what about the free riders and layabouts of today? What action are we taking to stop them from laying about and writing for free right now? Nothing. We're giving I mean, them more because they that they <laughs> politicians want to get elected. Uh, well, <laughs> but it's also not stopping the majority of us from doing pretty damn well. I mean, we are still marching on. Well, right. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, what's what's the what's the alternative? You know, it's like, well, well I look pretty I, good in a corn cob. <laughs> but but okay, Cam, you're you're kind of a uh, you're in favor of a meritocracy, and you've got to sing for your supper type thing. But I don't think even as in favor of that sort of society as you are, you would be the person to walk into the moochers house and <laughs> blow them away. Right? Like, no, no, I wouldn't you, blow you them s- away, but right. I, I, I see again, I, 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 I'm all about incentivizing. Like, I, I don't think people do anything unless you motivate them properly. If you provide everything for someone, they have no incentive to do anything for the most part. Like some people will always want to be a teacher. Some people will always want to work like with the books, like Brian said, there is that group and subclass of people. And I think we probably all fall into that category, but there is this other huge category that can't be denied that if they could, they would just do nothing. And so if you need those people to do something, which we do, unfortunately we don't live in the Star Trek society now, 
where, you know, if we continue to just let these people be a drag, it's going to cause problems, even bigger problems in the future. You need to incentivize them to do something. So it's like, okay, look, if you don't want to do anything, that's fine, but this is all you're going to get. And we're not going to continue yeah. to give you any more. We're going to give you basic human, you know, you're going to get, if you get sick, you can go into an emergency room, but you're not going to be able to go, go to the Mayo Clinic and see a, a good doctor. If you're, you know, Ooh, you can't, you can't, you know I, I mean? now you, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you, 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 you want, uh, an EBT card, which here in Florida is the like welfare card. Okay. But you're, you can't buy booze. You can't buy, this does not work for rims. Yeah. 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 You can't buy, you know, an <laughs> iPhone with that. You got to go buy bread, milk, cheese, you know, whatever. Again, again, I'm fine providing that basket of essential goods and services to keep a person alive as a right you are entitled to these no matter what everybody's entitled to these everybody gets these that means that means we get them too it's you it's universal guaranteed income or universal guaranteed yeah, yeah, but living, see, even that I, I i won't go that far because there are so many things that need to be done there are so many potholes that need to be fixed in the street there are so many kids that need you know foster homes there's so many whatever there's so many things that need to be done you know, so many parks that need cleaning up so many, whatever. If you're an able bodied person, you know, I, I don't feel uncomfortable going to you and saying, listen, you want, you know, uh, uh, an income every month. You want a, you know, basic, uh, human services. You want food on the table. You want a roof over your head. You don't want to work for that then you're not going to get that. We're going to give you like, if you get sick, okay, you can go to the emergency room or whatever. But if you want the basic other basics where you're going to be, you know, live a comfortable life or live a decent life. Well then there's the highway. Here's a bag. Go start picking up trash for eight eight hours a day. And we'll provide you those basic services. What if we don't have the pot? Like, what if the what if we have machines to do all that? Like, what if there's just not enough potholes for all the people that could be filling them? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, what if we get to the? I already know you already We're getting a little too realistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm talking about now, but yeah, in the future, okay, okay. like I said, in the future, if it's not going to affect me, I don't give a shit. If someone wants to just sit around and play WoW all day, do it. Great, but I'm still going to go out and I'm going to do whatever I want to do to you know, whatever. And that's fine, but just don't don't be pissed off at me that I have more than you if you didn't do more than me. You know what I mean? That that would be my only caveat. If there was unlimited resources and we could just provide for these people without drawing from the pool of people that are doing stuff, I will bring my contribution to this episode to an end by saying this: at advanced enough artificial intelligence, in concert with some pretty bright people, could come up with more coercive ways of changing people's nature. Yeah. I think we could all agree like changing their nature yeah. so that it would never occur to them to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Give them the Captain America super serum. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. I mean, you could alter, you could tinker with humanity itself and, and people would find laying around doing nothing abhorrent and, yeah, then you get to like Gattaca. <laughs> like, it's like, well, shit. At the end of the day, like, what the hell is the point of you? Like, why are you here? Yeah. Do Do you really just want to sit around playing this stupid game? This is your life, really. You're You're not dissatisfied. Yeah. And for a lot of people, the answer is no. I like it. Well, I'll let you live. I don't. I can't speak for the AI. It It could also the AI could the AI overlord could just be a scapegoat. Yeah. Like it's not me. It's not me. Yeah. I mean, I think what it boils down to is I'm more in the camp 
of Heinlein's future than the Star Trek future. I mean, I feel like it's going to get to a point where, hey, you want to vote? All right. You got to become a citizen. Yeah. You want to have a license to have a kid? Okay. But here's what you got to do. You know, you want this? Well, then you've got to do that. And it, as long as you're able-bodied and as long as you are not like, you know, special needs or cha- you know mentally challenged, whatever the invoke term is these days, as long as you are not infirmed and you are able-bodied, well, you've got to do something. You can't just sit around. We're not telling you you got to go out and, you know, I'm not even saying you got to go out and fight the bugs. You know, I'm just saying you got to do something. I agree. I mean, right now, my ideal candidate would be like, we'll give you everything, but here are the things we expect and that you will deliver on yeah. as a, as a member of this society. And it's not optional. Like I'm, I don't, I don't know what form of government that is, but I think that you, if you're going to, if society is going to provide for you, you have a debt to society in exchange. Well, I think we, we as a society need to agree on what the actual basic human requirements are. And like, I don't think it like, and, but the problem is it's so subjective. Like, I don't think basic human requirements are healthcare in that you can just go see a doctor whenever you want and get whatever healthcare you want. Like, I think it is, okay, if you're sick or you fall down to break your leg, you can go into an emergency room and they're not going to turn you away. But if you, you know, you can't just go see a doctor that is then going to get paid from the government out of tax money that people at work did, you know, we'll, we'll provide a safety net but we're not going to provide a, a comfortable life because if you want that comfortable life, you've got to do something for it. Uh, well, I agree with you in principle on, on healthcare in particular, the argument could be made that we're saving ourselves a buck by getting you into the doctor to get that cyst looked at now before it becomes a $500,000, you know, surgery at an emergency room. I agree. No, I agree hundred percent. The problem is I, you know, w- when you've sort of, I've had, you know, interactions with the healthcare industry. I, I dated a doctor one time. She told me that someone came in to the emergency room, no insurance because her vagina itched. So, uh, they should be able to turn you away under certain circumstances. That just not, not an emergency. Oh God, I'm sorry. She, it's terminal. she had an itchy vagina. So she went and wasted doctor's times, doctor's time. I, I oh really think, and, and I don't, I'm not sure I agree. This is the same topic, but I, I really think being healthy is a right but at the same time like that means not sitting around and eating nothing but cheetos yeah good point you're you're not (laughs) just laying about you're striving for the opposite right yep right so like (sighs) someone with a healthy body a healthy mind I, i i i guess i'm just optimistic i think they would be productive vastly more often than not in some way someone who oh you know cheetos don't exist here's your nice healthy meal and you were taught from grade school how to plan a nice healthy diet how to enjoy a nice healthy diet not everything is salt and sodium and preservatives you know or you can only get food out of the replicator and it's only going to give you the balanced diet you know what i mean like you can only get three meals and two snacks a day at you know and once you eat those that's it you're you've uh, you've eaten your allotted daily calories and that's it if you're going to basically what's the word i'm looking for not abdicate yeah yeah when you're, if you're basically going to put aside all personal responsibility and expect to be taken care of 
I guess you should also be expect to be told how to live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where the problem comes is that we as humans don't like that. <laughs> we'll give you the ground level, but if you're going to dig, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, it's a fundamental limitation of our species that are, are the next generation 2.0, the artificial intelligence will hopefully overcome. Everybody wants maximum freedom and benefit and individual autonomy and like no responsibility. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. No responsibility whatsoever. I fucked up. You fix it. Uh, otherwise, leave me alone. Let me do whatever I want. Yeah. I think that's learned behavior. I think you let people just like take pride in in what they are and who they are, and and they will want better for their children. And they, I hope you're right. Hope. I hope you're right. The if not in the future, the artificial intelligence will rewrite you. <laughs> will. Yeah. Anyway, I think we have pretty exhaustively covered yeah. this topic guys you, you agree yes, <laughs> this, has been, this so. has been a marathon okay so bottom line uh ai future i don't know we may we may still have the uh the useless eaters we may still have the dead weight yeah don't be dead weight be productive yeah. and audience don't be dead weight check us out on itunes week after week we absolutely demand and you will not be eating or getting medical attention if you do not provide your honest feedback and maximum stars. If you don't have anything nice to say, maybe don't say anything. If iTunes isn't your, to your liking, uh, maybe try Stitcher. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the fun at the Nerd Stravaganza HQ Facebook group. Get off your ass and head on over to nerdstravaganza.com and check out this and all of our back episodes. Uh, take a break from those Cheetos and wow and head on over to YouTube and uh, type in nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and see this and all of our other premium video content and send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and tell us what you do laying about all day. And with all that said, hey Cam. Hey Tom. Make it so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think of Barkley's voice. Oh, 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 okay, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Broccoli engage. <laughs> I should have done I should have said engage. <laughs>